I'll give you a minute. There we go. Um, so yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, I just mentioned to pastor that something that I see more with what I do in radio and, and working in media and uh, being a news junkie and just part of my job is to kind of know what's going on just in general. Um, reading more stories, hearing more stories, seeing more stories, following more stories about people being offended about all kinds of different things. And you can probably think of a number of stories that you've either read on Facebook or you've come across it uh, on TV news where people have been offended by someone else. And that spirit of offense, I'm just, it's becoming more prevalent. People, people are becoming more easily offended by things. Um, and specifically, people are offended to the point, Brian, I was offended by what you did with that raccoon. Brian works in taxidermy. The pose that you put that raccoon in was offensive to me. Okay. But here's where people are taking it. Not only am I offended, but I want you to lose your job. I want you to be fired. I want your store to be shut down. I want you to be out of business. And I'm seeing that more and more just in gen that spirit of offense, yeah. but it's, it's taken to a new level of not just being offended, not just being bothered by it, but people want retaliation. They want revenge. They want someone to suffer because they were offended. And I see it all the time in regards to homosexuality, whether that be gay marriage, gay rights. The new hot topic is uh, transgendered. Um, and being offended by somebody who, well, I was born a woman, but I want to become a man. Well, I'm offended by that. Well, I'm offended that you're offended that I'm getting a sex change and you don't agree with it. Um, and I'm seeing it in, in so many different areas of our society. If I don't agree with you, I can be offended by you. But then again, I want to take it to the next level. I'm not just offended at you, Courtney. I want you to lose your job. I, I've seen it with stories in regards to teachers, yes, teachers who are either right. are either standing up for their faith or a teacher. Even when people make an innocent mistake, um, you'll see it a lot on Twitter. And I, excuse me if I'm using things that maybe you're not as familiar with, but I see it across the board. Somebody gets offended by, you know, somebody does something at school. Um, I, don't, I don't know, take a pick of somebody put up the wrong poster in the school cafeteria, and it was about FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Well, I'm offended by that because it has the word Christian on it. So I want FCA to be shut down at my school because I don't believe in Christianity or Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And then the more I thought about it, it just it wasn't something that it wasn't in my head, but it was more so in my spirit in regards to, um, I thought of pastor, I thought of myself, I thought of, okay, Christians in general. When you are behind the pulpit... When you're on a pedestal or you have a position of authority, you're more of a target. Um, we know that in regards to pastors, you know, if, the, uh, if you can strike down the pastor, if you can strike down the leader, then you can scatter the flock, you can scatter the sheep. And so you've pastor already has a target on his back. But when you're sitting behind the pulpit and you're speaking out about what's right and what's wrong, every week there's an opportunity for pastor to offend someone by the very nature of his job and his position and what he's called to do. Whether that be you and I or whether that be a visitor at church. Well, I heard him say that he doesn't support this, this, this. Or that he's against this, this, and this. I'm offended. I'm not going to that church anymore. And I'm going to spread the word. Because I do believe he speaks what's right and what's wrong. Not his opinion, but what does the Bible say about whatever issue you want to take. So, in regards to 
people being offended and wanting to come after, don't be surprised when it happens that's, that, that's that people right. are offended. Yeah. I, and maybe this, is, maybe this is the direction that this is supposed to go. Be prepared for because it will happen and it is going to happen. Whether it be this church, whether it be your family, whether it be your son or daughter at school, don't be surprised when it happens. Be prepared for when it happens. Because if you're going to stand up for what's right, if you're going to be a light in the darkness, get ready to be called out on it. I have been called things. I have had emails <laughs> sent to my radio station. I have had phone calls to my bosses about things I've said on the radio. And, I, and my job on the radio isn't to preach the gospel. That's not what I get right. paid to do. They don't pay me to... You do your job. I do my job, but That's as right. I do my job and I have the opportunity when people call in and say something, I might be able to say, well, I don't agree with that, or personally, this is how I feel. And so I can share that. But if you're going to stand for what's right, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, and even that term is offensive to a lot of people now, the minute you label yourself a Christian or identify yourself a Christian, get ready to also be labeled a bigot, biased, sexist, racist, whatever, homophobic, whatever term, get ready to be labeled that as well. Because a lot of times when people hear the word Christian, that's immediately where they go. Those people don't, Christians don't like and are against, instead of Christians stand for, you never hear about Christians standing for anything, do you, in news stories? It's always what we're against. It's never about right. what we're for. So maybe that's, maybe that's the direction that, I don't know, that the Spirit wanted to take that is a warning to you and I. Be, don't be scared about it. Don't be scared. Your, your job isn't to go out and offend people by living your faith. And the other part that, that we talked about briefly, that Pastor and I talked about is, um, and I had, it, I had it in my notes, and you actually spoke about it on, on Wednesday night. Um, you've got to know as a Christian, there is a time for boldness, there is a time for courage, there is a time for that spiritual authority and that, mm, this is wrong and I am not going to take it anymore. But there is also a time to bite your tongue. Yeah. Just like you said, the guy that drove down the street. Right? That was, that was basically going to come after you. Flipped you off and said whatever he said. We have to exercise wisdom. In, in this day and age, there is a time for me to say something on the radio, and there's a time for me to shut my mouth and let it go. Because if it's not the God time, and I'm not going to say it in love, Try it. I'm opening myself up to the darts, to the arrows of the enemy, to be taken down. If I don't say it in love, and it's not the right time for me to say it, and it's not the time for me to have that power, that boldness, and that courage, then I, I'm out of line. I can claim, well, I know in here it says I'm supposed to be bold, and pastor says I'm supposed to have courage, but if I'm doing it in the flesh, and it's not God's timing, then I'm wrong. I'm in the wrong. So we have to have that balance as Christians and as believers to not be scared. I'm a child of God. I'm on his side. I'm not afraid of anybody or anything. Not because I'm right, but because he's right. That's right. Doesn't matter about you getting offended or mad at me if I am living my life to scripture and if I'm being true to who Christ has called me to be. Not my agenda of I'm pro this against that. 
anti-abortion, pro-choice, wh- whatever label you want to give yourself. Or it's not about me being right; it's about being on his side. So I don't know if there was anything else that. That's good. So, hopefully, that meant something to somebody. Amen. And uh, I knew when he shared that, I want the Spirit of God wanted to make sure that we understood that. And my Jesus loves the sinner. I love the sinner. You don't need to embrace their lifestyle, but you should not be afraid to be out amongst people, amen, that might not agree with you, but you can love them. Amen? Amen. Let's uh, turn to Genesis 48. Thank you, Abe. Yeah, I've been offended a few times by some of his stories at 6 o'clock in the morning, and I let him know that. Once tennis season's over, I won't be up listening at 6 o'clock in the morning. We're looking at eight key elements of blessing. Eight key elements of blessing. And this is a a wonderful passage of Scripture in Genesis 48. In verse 8, it says, Israel saw Joseph's sons and said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They're my sons whom God has given me in this place. And he said, Please bring them to me, and I will bless them. And the eyes of Israel were dim with age so that he could not see. And then Joseph brought them near him, and he what? He kissed them and embraced them. We talked about that. Israel said to Joseph, I had not thought to see your face, but in fact God has also shown me your offspring. So Joseph brought them from beside his knees, and he bowed down with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. And he stretched out his right hand and laid it on Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, guiding his hands knowingly. For Manasseh was the firstborn, and he blessed Joseph and said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has fed me all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads. Let my name be named upon them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Let me ask you something. Did they? Yeah, they sure did. So, in review, listen quick, listen closely, and, and then we'll, get on, we'll go on. Your blessing, number one, should be natural and spontaneous. Number two, your blessing should include a warm and loving embrace. Number three, your blessing requires the laying on of your hands. Number four, your blessing includes your spiritual heritage, which includes provision and salvation. Your personal testimony and character establishes your credibility in pronouncing the blessing. Number five... Your blessing includes words of increase and expansion. There's five. Now, let's give you three more. Number six, your blessing requires the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to go out on the street and just pick somebody by random and start blessing them. They're going to think you're weird. Amen? Primarily... When you bless, I, I, it includes other people, yes. But think of your own immediate family, your children and your grandchildren. 
I held little Kaylee, and I went to this Kaylee, and I said, I want one of these in a year or two or three. No, not a year. Let's make it two or three. Ten years. Okay. That's, no, that's too long. You know, and uh, you want, you just, you, you hold that grandchild. You just, you want to bless them. Amen? And so this is what, grandparents, you can bless your grandchildren. Parents, you can bless your children, okay? And so I want you to see Jacob was led by the Spirit, and we, we read this, fa- this phrase, he guided his hands knowingly, all right? Jacob was led by the Holy Spirit and it had also observed his grandson for seven, grandsons for 17 years. So do you suppose he watched them grow? Sure he did. Do you suppose he recognized strengths and weaknesses in each one? Sure he did. And so because of this natural knowledge of observing with your your senses, your five physical senses, he learned some things. Amen? I've learned some things about Caleb, and I don't need to be led by the Spirit. I just know, just like you do with your kids. He had spiritual discernment, Jacob did, and he had practical knowledge of his grandson's lives. These things will help you when it comes to blessing your children, and your grandchildren. It is easy to see where a person's God's given, God-given desires are and the fruit that is being produced. Now, parents, do you see things in your kids that aren't really the best? Characteristics, you know, sure you do. Personality flaws, character flaws, sure you do. But do you see good things? Sure you do. You recognize things. You know, I've watched, I'll, and I've said this before, and I've used Caleb as an example. When Kathy was, was pregnant and, and, uh, with Caleb, she prayed that, and I didn't know this till after he was born, but she prayed that he would love the outdoors. Did she get what she prayed for? Yes. Okay. And, and, and so, so you know Caleb's, and Caleb, you, you might as well recognize this, and I'll help you out a little bit here, Caleb. Um, you're going to marry this gal. Caleb, you better realize, you better let him go hunting. As long as you can go shopping. Uh-huh. But there's things in him. That's just Caleb. And so his life... You just guarantee his whole life is going to be hunting and the outdoors. That's, those, that's fruit there. Those are things God's given him skills to do those things. All right? And so recognize that. So the blessing of the Lord is going to come in line with a lot of his, his passion. My passion's antiques and old things. So the, God has blessed me with that. So you, parents and grandparents, you will recognize in your kids and grandkids these things. And that will help you in when, when you make, when it comes time to bless them, okay? And a good thing for you to do is, is to write it down. You, write your blessing down. There's nothing wrong with that. If you're going to bless your kids or grandkids and you're uncomfortable about it, this is a fly. I'm not being, there is a fly up here. Write it down. That's easy. You don't have to stand there and stammer and stutter over here and wonder what to say. Write it down, all right? 
Matthew 16, 17, Jesus answered and said to them, speaking to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Luke 1, 42. Then Elizabeth spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. So I want you to understand there's a blessing there. And what, was, what did I just say? What was number five? What's number six then? Guidance by the Spirit. So you can, you can, it'll help you if you know these natural things that are in your kids and grandkids. Then the Holy Spirit will help you and lead you and guide you in speaking that blessing and writing it down. Okay? You know, there's um, a lot of scriptures, and I'm not going to give you one. I picked one. It says, in Psalm 32, 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. So will the Holy Spirit instruct you in your blessing? Yes, and he'll teach you in the way that you should go. Proverbs 15, 4 says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. The words we speak will make the tree fruitful. Before we speak, we should know what kind of fruit God desires to produce. Okay, so that's, that's number six. Number seven, this is fairly simple. But your blessing requires speaking. And you can think, oh, I sure, I think thoughts about blessing somebody. It would be good to bless them because I recognize these things in their life. And, but unless you release your words, there's no blessing. So it's, it's very important that you and I speak words because blessings are released by words. Genesis 48 and 20, we just read it. So he blessed them that day, Jacob, saying, okay, saying. And that's why it'll help you to write it down. Write these words down, all right? And that's what, what I just, you know, think about. It. Genesis 1:22, And God blessed them saying. Now, I, I know that seems so easy and so simple, but if you take the time to think and reflect upon the words that you're going to speak and write them down, it'll have more impact. Do you understand that? All right. Now, I'm going through this fairly quick. Are you getting it written down? Don't, you know, it's not difficult. This last one, look at Hebrews 11. Hebrews chapter 11, and this is an important one. Hebrews chapter 11. So your blessing requires the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Your blessing requires speaking words course and this final one your blessing requires bold faith your blessing requires bold faith and as I was going through this and studying this and and uh, I recognized this is from a gentleman uh, the book that I'm reading is, is reading is entitled the forgotten blessing and he's he's a born-again Jew but when we're speaking blessings, basically, bottom line, we're prophesying. 
There's an element, a spirit of prophecy on that. And uh, Pentecostals understand that because they, they flow more in that than a denominational church or, you, you know. So your blessing requires bold faith. Your blessing is only effective when you speak words and you speak words of faith. Hebrews 11.21, by what? What's it say? By Hebrews 11.21, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. And don't wait to be on your deathbed to speak. (laughs) Grandma and grandpa, (laughs) don't... Don't wait to be on your deathbed and call in everybody. Why wait for that? Why not start speaking blessings while you're young and you're healthy and amen? Yeah. When you bless another person, you're proclaiming in faith what he or she will become. There's that element of prophecy. When you bless another person, you're proclaiming in faith what he will become or she will become. In Genesis 48, the word faith is not mentioned, but it is implied. uh, Jacob said, so he blessed them that day, saying, by you Israel will bless, saying, may God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. So that's, that's a, is that a faith statement? Yes, it is. It took bold faith for Jacob to say that future generations will use those two names, Ephraim and Manasseh, to bless others. And so after Jacob blessed them, generation after generation after generation invoked, they invoked the names of Ephraim and Manasseh. Okay. He was also saying by faith, a word of abundance and freedom over all of Israel. So this is what I want you to see. Watch your grandkids. Watch your kids. Observe them. You'll see good things. You'll see some things that you don't like. You'll see some things that you see in yourself. Amen? Parents, do you see some things in your kids? Good things? Maybe not so good things. Amen? Observe them. And then as you begin to speak that blessing, speak it in faith. Look at one more scripture. Look at Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 3. I hope I'm I'm stirring your heart. And I realize it's an uncomfortable thing when you start this new process of blessing others. Don't get weird. Don't get strange. Keep it in the family for now. Right? Don't go to your neighbor and knock on the door and say, I'm here today to bless you. Bring your children and I will lay my hands on them. Embrace them and kiss them. And declare and decree a word over them. Don't get weird. Start with your own family. I'll be, what I'm looking for, there'll be a day. Not too long from now. How many? How long till you get married? It's been a long, drawn-out process. What? 
260-some. Okay. There was, I blessed you when you were a child. I held you and blessed you. What are you yawning for? Wake up. You shouldn't have stayed up with the fights last night. But I'll stand before you, and I will bless your marriage. And you will look past the fact, now I've got the finger, that I'm your father, and you're familiar with me, and you've watched me, and you've seen good things, and you've seen some things that disappointed you, maybe. But that day I will stand before you, anointed of God, and I will speak a word of blessing over your marriage and command you to have children and... And have my little girl, one girl. I don't care if the rest are boys. You're having, oh, geez. The words of your mouth, girl. <laughs> All right. I, I, I don't mind. I don't need a full quiver, just two or three. <laughs> we don't need to be biblical. But look at Galatians 3, 9. But you understand, I will speak a word of blessing over you. I've held your child. How many of you have I've dedicated your babies? Let me see hands of, of your kid. Wow, quite a few. Amen. I've held them. I have blessed them. Galatians 3, 9. So then those who are of faith are blessed with what? Believing Abraham. By faith, Jacob was proclaiming that you and I later partakers of all of the blessings of Abraham through Christ would be free from the pain of our past and become fruitful in our future. You and I can be free from our painful past and become fruitful in our future. We are children of God. This is our spiritual heritage. All right. What are the eight key elements of speaking a blessing? Natural and spontaneous. Warm, loving embrace. Laying your hands on them. Spiritual heritage. In words of increase, yes. Number six. Be led by the Spirit. Number seven. What? Speaking, thank you, blessing requires speaking words. And number eight, words that are full of faith. Amen. You say, well, I've, I've, I've kind of missed it with my kids in the past. Well, you know what? You don't need to now. You don't need to now because God has given us an outline. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these people before me today. And truly, they are your children. And Lord, if we leave with anything today, even before I preached, we learned that we're children of God. So when they walk out of the door, they can keep their head held high knowing who they are in Christ Jesus. They've also learned not to be easily offended. So we'll not take offense. We'll not be offended because we've heard what the Spirit has spoken to us today. But we'll walk in love and forgiveness. 
And Lord, we've also learned that we have been ordained and commanded by you to bless another generation. And we've learned the eight key elements of how to do that. So we have learned enough today that we can think and meditate this week upon these things and they can become a part of us and become a part of our lives. So today I call these people blessed spiritually, blessed physically, blessed mentally, blessed emotionally, blessed financially in the name of Jesus. And because they are blessed, they can be a blessing to humanity and to a lost and dying world. So lead them this week by your spirit to bless others in Jesus' name. Amen.